Well, thank you guys. Matt, thank you so much for leading us in worship. That was special and allows Bo to be able to go on vacation. So, guys, I'm so glad to be able to be here with you this morning. My name is Matt Nelson. I'm the adult discipleship pastor here at Stonebridge. And whether you were with us here in person or you're watching online, we are excited and glad that you're here with us this morning. You got a couple announcements before we jump into uh, everything. And the first uh, is that while I'm speaking, you guys can take off your masks so you can breathe. Um, a little bit of a break, uh, but as you are exiting, go ahead and put your mask on, and um, we also have middle school is going to go out with Esther. Esther, where are you? Right here. You're going to go out this back door. Any middle schoolers? And then rising first through fifth is going to go with Katie Leverett out these doors back here. Any rising first through fifth graders can go with Katie at this time. And parents, you guys, of parents of middle schoolers can pick up your kids out the stage exit. Parents of rising first through fifth graders can pick up your kids uh, out that rear door. And then everyone else, go ahead and go out the, this door out the stage and go ahead and check out our deck and our new bench that uh, Mitch Carroll built for us. Is that correct, Jerry? Mitch, yeah, and so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I just saw it this morning, something he's been working on. And so we encourage you guys to go hang out outside after the service. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple more announcements. If you are interested in starting a new small group, if that's been something that the Lord's been stirring on your hearts the past couple of weeks, go ahead and email me. I'd love to start the process of talking what this would look like and, and what the Lord has put on your heart for a specific small group in the fall. And so go ahead and email me, matt at stonebridgemarietta.org. Um, and then also, I want to invite you to this Thursday, July 16, at 7 p.m., we're going to have a prayer and worship service for racial healing in our community. And so we want to ask God for forgiveness for the ways that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves, and for his direction in Stonebridge's role of seeing healing, racial healing take place in Marietta. And then also, we want to ask the Lord for his healing to begin to move and to take place throughout our community. And so go ahead um, and come. That is this coming Thursday, July 16 at 7 p.m. It'll be right here in the sanctuary. Well, guys, I have a message that really I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart, and, and really that's how the Lord works, right? That all messages are His, and all truth is His. And so I believe that He has something specific for us to hold on to. And so whether it comes to you as a challenge or as an encouragement, let's go ahead and spend uh, a, a little a couple seconds in prayer as we ask God to allow this word and His words to sink into our hearts this morning. Father, we love you. And we give you this time and this space. God, I thank you for the ways that you have impressed this word and this message on my heart. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would be speaking to our hearts both a challenge and an encouragement. And so we give you this time and we ask, Lord, that our hearts would be still and that we would be able to focus on your words and on your truth and that you would be speaking and communicating to us this morning. I, I saw a stat this week that I instantly didn't believe. Instantly, it was just like, can't be true. It said that the average person is going to spend six years of their life on social media. I was like, can't be true. Six years? And they said, no, no, really. If you look at the average age, uh, people are starting social media and average 
length of life and how long people spend, it's going to add up the average to be about six years of the average person's life. And this blew me away. I actually did the math. I had to believe it. And it was true. It's actually a little bit over six years because that is over two hours a day of social media that the average person spends. And obviously, social media has its place. It has its role in our lives and in our, in our community. Um, but it, it begged the question of, wait, how much, spend, how much time am I spending on social media? <laughs> how much time do I want to spend? How many years do I want to spend on social media? It has a place, it has a role, but that six-year number startled me. To th- it really caught me off guard, um, and it was really the antithesis of what the Lord had been speaking to me this week, was, and that's this message of intentional living, um, and that's what I want to share with you guys today. This idea of living intentionally has challenged how I view God, how I live, and really what I want my life to be about. I'm very much in this journey. I'm very much in the process of figuring out how to live intentionally. And I will be for the rest of my life. It is not something that we actually can ever check off, but it is choosing to engage God and to live intentionally into him. And so hear this message as both a message that I am journeying and tracking alongside and am learning, and a message that I hope is both a challenge to you and an encouragement. And obviously, as I'm looking out, over you guys, um, and I'm thinking about all the people in our 11 a.m. And, and those that watch online, we have people in our church that are walking intentionally with the Lord, that are living intentionally. Um, but it's my hope that this word comes as an encouragement and both of, uh, as a challenge so we can go forth and continue forth. <clears throat> and so I think in America, one of the greatest challenges up against intentional living is busyness. And Dan Allender really helped me put it really in perspective, the, the danger of busyness and how busyness is the challenge against intentional, li- intentional living. He says, busyness is moral laziness because it involves refusing to live with courage and with intentionality. And so I'm drawn to this idea of living intentionally because so much of my own heart and life wants to run in the opposite direction, wants to live a life of ease, of comfort, of blending in, of living a life that is predictable, of fitting in and staying in a safe place. But the more that I continue to uncover the depth of the gospel, of the good news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the more that I'm able to really see that through Jesus' life, that we have been restored back to the Father and that God invites us to be his messengers, his ambassadors of this good news, I'm challenged. I want to live intentionally. I really do. And so growing up, intentional living or living the right way was reading my Bible and praying let me, let me phrase it a little different. The right things were doing Bible reading and doing prayer. That sounds a little funny, but that was really how I thought that it was I could live the right way when I do prayer and when I do Bible reading for God. See, at the time, I didn't understand what Romans 12, 1 and 2 was inviting me into. I didn't understand that I simply had to allow God to transform my life, to, to, for me to step into God's transformation. 
I thought I had to do it on my own. I didn't understand. There's such freedom in simply allowing God to work in my life. It's his work, and we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength or power. But that all God is asking of me and all that he is asking of you is that we allow him to transform our life. So we have to give God control. And so as we dig into these two verses, all I got is two verses. We um, have about 10, 12 minutes left. And, and really, um, we're going to dig in these two verses in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I want you to see this as an invitation for us to respond for all that God has done for us and that we can live a life of intentionally devoting ourselves to God and then also allowing God to transform our life from the inside out. And so Romans 12 was written by, the whole letter of Romans was written by Paul, and he's writing to the church in Rome, and the church in Rome had both Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And for five years, the Jewish Christians had been forced out of the city. And so when they returned, when they came back, um, they came back to a church that looked different. It felt different. It was different. And there was disunity between the Gentile believers and the Jewish believers. And so Paul wrote this letter unifying the church back to their core, back to the gospel, back to Jesus. And so this is Paul's fullest explanation um, of the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we see. And the first 11 chapters in the book show us the depth of who Jesus is, how he lived, how his death and resurrection is good news for us. And then we pivot from 12, chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, to what is our response going to be? How do we live in light of this good news? How do we live in the light of all that God has done in us? How do we live now that we've been given God's mercy in our life? And so let's go ahead and read Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so when Paul's listeners heard this, when they heard verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, this idea of a living sacrifice jumped off the screen for them. It is Paul asking them in light of all that God has done for them in light of all of the mercy they have received. Paul is urging them, the Roman church, to devote their life to God, that their life may become a living sacrifice or a sacrifice that is continually living, devoted to God and continually being given over to God. It is living in light of who God is. And, and, and so when Paul's hearers heard this, is invitation to choose to be devoted to God. And then in verse 2, we have these two verbs. It, I'm going to read it again. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. And so we have on the front hand, do not be conformed. Do not simply comply with the expectations around you, but instead be transformed. And it's this, these two words together, these be transformed that have really changed my whole perspective of how we're called to live. That it's not doing Bible reading and doing prayer for God, but it is being transformed by God, by the renewing of our mind. It is allowing God to do the transformation work inside of us. It gives up control, though. That's tough. It's painful. We have to give God the control. Um, And it is never an easy thing for me to do that, personally, giving God control. But when I do, when I'm able to give him my life, and I'm saying, God, I'm going to let go of the trajectory of my life, of what I thought it was going to be or where I would want it to go, but instead, I'm going to lean into being transformed by you. I'm going to allow you to do your work in me. Um, It has made all the difference to seeing God's grace flow into my life and what he has done through my life. And so we have to choose this. We have to choose. It's both active and passive. And I find that really interesting in these two verses, that we have to choose to be devoted to God and that we have to choose to allow God to transform us. And Paul goes on to to share with the church that as they do this, as they are being transformed by God, they'll follow into God's will, into healing and unity and wholeness across the whole Roman church, and that this is God's desire for the Roman church. And so this is what it looks like for us to live in response to the gospel message, in response to the first 11 chapters in Romans, that we may be able to live a life that is intentionally devoted to God and a life that is intentionally allowing God to to do his transformation work inside of our lives. So what does that mean today? What does that look like for us? We got just a little bit of application, a couple of points that I want to share with you um, before we wrap up the, the message. But um, I really, you know, I was struggling with the wording and I was struggling because I felt like the best wording for us is probably one of the most cheesiest Christian sayings I could come up with. I couldn't get away from it. We have to just, we have to go with it. It's, We have to let go and let God. We have to give God the control. We have to give him uh, the opportunity and to allow him to transform our lives. And so I have a couple different applications of things that I have found that have been helpful for me of allowing God to transform my life. Take what you want, discard what you don't, that is okay. Surely you're not going to like all three of these. Uh, but these are the things that help me to live intentionally being devoted to God and intentionally allowing God to transform my life. It says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we know that this is the work of the Holy Spirit that we see in Scripture. And for me, one of the easiest and simplest uh, ways that I have that God has been able to transform my life is through a simple app. It's called the Daily Prayer app. 
Um, and it is really just scripture and prayer multiple times throughout the day. And it is adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. And this app has really just allowed me to be a recipient of prayers that are prayed around the world and scripture that is being read and processed and prayed into around the world um, together in the Book of Common Prayer. And, and for me, this has been one, just a great avenue of God's grace and his mercy that have come into my life. And it's been ways that I've, I've been able to simply not do prayer, do reading, instead to be with God as I pray, and to be with God as I read, and invite him into that space. Um, and, and that difference, I feel like, is, is really special to me because I grew up thinking I had to do, but the invitation is for me to be with God. I get to be with him as I read scripture. I get to be with him as I engage with him in prayer. And through this simple app, it's been a way that God has been renewing my mind and transforming my life. It's called the Daily Prayer app. It's literally the only app that's called that, so if you search for it, Daily Prayer app. It has a little sun coming up, and it is orange um, is the symbol. And so the two other application points that I want to hit on before we wrap up um, are questions. And so the next set of questions I would call character trajectory questions. It's just kind of a fancy word. I don't know why I came up with a fancy word. That, that doesn't need that. It's, it's two questions. Who do I want to become and what are the character, what is the characteristics of the person that I want to become? That really helps me put my finger on exactly who do I desire to be down the road and what character traits do I need to be able to keep pushing into, keep leaning into, keep asking God to fill my life as I continue to grow in that direction. These help me really um, be able to continue to stay devoted to God. Then our last application point, um, a simple one as well. It's more questions. They're guiding questions, and I use them. I feel like they're helpful for me in being able to really allow myself to continue to stay transformed by God. It's, am I moving towards loving God with my heart, mind, soul, or am I moving and am I moving towards loving my neighbor as myself, or am I moving away from loving God? Am I moving away from loving my neighbor as myself? It's really, for me, it's, it gives a visual of really, am I moving towards God, loving him and my neighbors, or am I moving away from God? And I use this as a litmus, litmus test of being able to see, where, where's my heart? Where am I moving? Where have my actions led me? Am I allowing God to continue to transform my life as I grow in my love for God? And my, as I continue to grow my love for my neighbors? Or am I moving the opposite direction? Um, and, and so those three ways have been helpful tools that I've used. Simple ideas, not... Uh, too complex at all, but they've been helpful in really being able to uncover what it looks like for me to stay devoted to God and to allow God to transform my life as I'm pushing into living an intentional life. They work for me, and I encourage you to find questions or principles or ideas that help you continually stay on track for living intentionally. And so I wanted to end our time with a couple ideas, a couple, uh, or a couple things that I am working on in my life 
of intentionally moving towards. And, and two of them are in my home, and then one is in the community. So I want to be intentionally moving towards being a father that's engaged and a husband that is present. I once heard a story of, uh, it, it, was, it was a guy that um, had a hard job, mentally draining, and he knew that as soon as he got home, all his kids would be running and excited to see him. He hadn't seen them all day, and so he would stop about a block away from his house, take a five to ten minute power nap, and then drive the rest of the way home looking to stay engaged, looking to stay alive and alert and saying, now I'm on. Now I am here for you. I'm going to be the father that's engaged and I'm going to be the husband that is present. And that story's really challenged me. Um, and I want to continually view my time when I'm with my kids, when um, I'm with my wife, that I can be both in, as an engaged father and as a present husband. Still working on these huge things. <laughs> Not easy, but they're worth pushing into to live intentionally into these things. And so the second one is I want to be one who loves my neighbors as myself. And so I want to learn to listen uh, and to learn more from the African-American community in the black church. I want to be one that is loving my neighbors that are different than me as myself. And so these are just a couple of ways that some of the, the, the points that were coming out as I was preparing this message this week, I was thinking, these are the things right now that I want to anchor down on, that I want to revisit. And I want to make sure, am I intentionally living into these? Am I setting up the things in my life that I need to so that I can intentionally be growing towards being an engaged father and a present husband and also one who listens and learns uh, and loves all in my community? my neighbors as myself. And so for these things, there has to be application for me because of this one quote that I want to end us with, and it is by Dallas Willard. And he says, we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it, or even when we believe that we believe it. We believe something when we act as if it were true. We believe something when we act as if it were true. And so when I see the gospel, when I see the life of Jesus, and I see what he has done in my heart, I want to live like that is true. It requires action. It requires intentional living. I cannot let it stay in my head. It must come out in action. And so this is my process of the journey that the Lord has been taking me on and leading me into and it's one that I hope is encouraging and challenging to you that we can continue to stay devoted to God and allow him to transform our lives. Let's pray. Father God, as, as we take a few minutes to pause Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your son and this message and this good news for our life. We want to respond in a way that reflects of all that you've done for us.
in light of your great mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that this is even an opportunity, Lord, that we can come before you. That it's an invitation where we can allow your work, your transformation work to take place in our life. We spend the next couple minutes, Lord, with you and singing your praises, God. We love you. We love your word. Amen.